Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with attitude. What's wrong? Teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters, uh, and we just cycle through main bad guys like we're a fucking, I don't know, Sailor Moon. Like or... we're a podcast cycling through hosts. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> um, I'm Zach, and joining me this week, we've got Mike. Do we? I don't know, are you here? Yeah, I think. Okay, all right, great. And we've got Lexi. Zach, can you really say a bunch of grown adults when there's just three of us? Is three a bunch? Uh, Arena, so I, when I was like 13, I was, uh, more of a pedant than you are now. And <laughs> I remember getting into a major fight with a friend over, uh, like, couple, few, and I don't think bunch. But I think I, like, had a... I was like, no, a couple is two and a few is three, period. That is the end of I, the... <laughs> I think... I feel like few can go beyond that, but I, I generally agree with that. I I do think couple... I'm not going to get mad at you if you say a couple and you mean, like, I don't know, four. But it's wrong, but I know what you mean, well, so, so it's, it's fine. I feel like... I feel like... I feel like vague numerical descriptors like that are very context sensitive. Yeah. Like if you've got six of something maximum and you say a couple is four, like that just is misleading. Like I don't care about right or wrong as far as definitions go, but like it paints a very different picture than what the word is normally intended for. Like I'm not going to. So, sure. So if I say I have like a couple grapes, you wouldn't necessarily expect too specifically right yeah like if you've got lots of yeah if you've got like 50 to 100 or something and you have literally like a handful and say that's a couple like that makes sense as a percentage thing got it 
the thing is, even if there's only three people here right now, depending on how you count it, there's as many as nine people who regularly contribute to this thing. This so, is true. Hey, I have a question. If I have two bananas attached, is that a bunch of bananas? It's a bunch of bananas, but it's not a bunch of bananas. Okay, perfect. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, I'm going to be honest, exactly. like, my brain stopped when you asked that question. <laughs> Normally those gotchas of like, hey, is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Usually those just, like, bounce right off me and I just keep rolling with my life. Asking, for whatever reason, asking if two bananas constituted a bunch, like, you could hear screeching tires if you were in the room with me. Wow. Everything shut down up top. Zach, you've discovered a Zen cone. Do you know why I asked that? Because I recently, for the first time, used the, like, order your groceries and then go pick them up at the store thing uh, from my local grocery store. And I asked for a bunch of bananas, and that's how many I got. And I was like, well... I mean, they're attached, so yeah. No, by kind the of. by the definition of a group of bananas is called a bunch. That's not incorrect. <laughs> I was like, I mean, did I even be mad about this? I I would be upset. Kind of like, listen, if I'm if I'm shopping just for me, if it's just for me, I live alone. Two bananas, fine, but like. A, a, if you if I ask for a bunch and you give me just two, like if I'm asking for a bunch, I'm probably planning to have people over, or maybe I want to make banana bread. Like I've got plans for those bananas. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I never buy more than two or three bananas at a time because I like it bananas before they get fully ripe, like when they're still a little green on the peel, and that only lasts a day or two. Okay, fair enough. Um, so. This is a Power Rangers podcast. Yes, eh. you didn't know that. <laughs> Nominally, it's a Power well, Rangers to, podcast. Today, it's more of a teen soap podcast that interrupts itself briefly to become a Power Rangers show. This is one of those episodes that we've had them before. I feel like they were more often in the early ep show where it, it feels like it was a script, like a rejected Save by the Bell script. And then they were like, well... What if we just put Power Rangers in it to fill out the extra 10 minutes well, and then that's, call that's, it? That's not quite right, because like <laughs> this episode has a really unique formula even among Power Rangers. Because like I'd say about half of it is an episode of Saved by the Bell. About a sixth of it is fucking tokusatsu. And about a third of it is a weird, quirky sitcom about moon monsters. Yeah, no, you're you're right. We cannot overlook the uh, the moon component of this. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This, that part's weird too. But before we get to the the ap- actual episode, um, let's wait. Did I introduce Lexi, or did we get completely hung up? I can't remember. Hi, Lexi. I I Lexi's do remember, here. but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> okay, great. Well, Lexi's also here. Um. So anyway, before we do that, let's do some uh, talking about things, some more fag newsnable, whatever you want to talk about, t- call it, whatever you no, want to- No, no, you said whatever you want to talk about, about. I'm taking that as a, <laughs> as a blank check. No, please. You know what? Can't. Hold on. We what if we just- specifically talked about po- a Pokemon for 20 minutes before this so we wouldn't do it during the episode. <laughs> Hold on, Zach, I want to propose something to you. Uh-huh. What if we crisis on Infinite Earth this shit and just make a new singular opening segment and just call it whatever you want to talk about? 
Whatever you want to talk about. Okay. I mean, that is basically what Totally uh, Reprise's intro segment is. But we could just... Yeah, but they don't formalize it. We formalize (laughs) these things. Crisis on infinite intros. Exactly. So, in this one of those, uh, we're not going to talk about Pokemon uh, that, like, Lexi wants to. Uh, but we are going to talk about Mortal Kombat because it's my show. Oh, fuck despite off! The fact, <laughs> despite the fact that people keep telling me it's not really anymore, but that's fine. Um, no, I have a reason for that. Uh, Ludi Lin, who played Zack in the last Power Rangers movie, has been cast. Uh, or, well, actually not quite cast yet, but has been in talks and basically said he's going to do it on his Twitter as Liu Kang in the Mortal Kombat movie that will be coming out in 2021. Um, I thought he was fun in uh, in Power Rangers. He's also, if you never, didn't see Aquaman, he's pretty good in that too. I mean, we've uh, said it before. We'll probably say it about a thousand more times. Like, it, with the Power Rangers 2017 movie, the cast was not the problem. Correct. So, um, I think that's neat. It's also, you know... Uh, we obviously, I think we talked about it on the show because it was something that bothered me a lot. Uh, I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. I think they're generally pretty good about being fairly inclusive, and then they cast fucking what's your name as yeah. Uh, I mean inclusivity, hiring turfs, <laughs> including turfs. Yeah. Um. So, uh, seeing that they actually were like, how about we make sure to cast, do at least the bare minimum and cast a Chinese guy. <laughs> As a Chinese character, uh, is is good to see at least. I also um, I did not realize there have been some other castings already. Um, uh, Joe Taslim, who is was in uh, in the raid, uh, is Sub Zero. So they've got uh, you know a guy of Chinese descent playing Sub Zero, which is good because that's a whole confusing thing anyway. Because um, he's well, I don't want to get into it here, but anyway, so that's neat. Um, I really like Ludi Lin. He's been in some good stuff. Hey, remember when there was a book published in the seventies by a white dude who just made complete shit up? I said about, I didn't about like about this <laughs> mystical Chinese ninja clan called the Lin Kuei, and fucking Ed Boon just went to a library and like this was the this was the like early nineties. He didn't have a way to fact check it. He found a nonfiction book in the library. He assumed it was legit. It was just like, sure, yeah, the Lin Kuei. That sounds dope. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, if you don't know, Sub Zero is supposed to be a Chinese ninja, which is not a thing that exists. But they based it on a book that he thought was real, but then turned out to be a scam by a white guy posing as a Chinese guy because the world is hell. Oh, you so. mean? Oh, you mean the uh, head of Marvel Comics? <laughs> yeah, it's boom, like got happening em. for some reason. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, uh, to to risk getting too confusing, um, that that whole thing is extremely fraught. So, you know, good on them for Zach, that at least. Zach, I'm still waiting for this to have any relevance to Power Rangers because you said Moody Lynn was in Power Rangers. That, that's it. Mm, that's I like I, I like that's yeah, that's relevant. That's Can't that's that one to you. That's 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 relevant enough. How about how about this? How about this, Lexi? Why don't we why don't we compromise by having a fun uh, brain exercise? If you had to build a team of six Pokemon, except the Pokemon were established Mortal Kombat characters, what would be your team of six? I hate brain exercise. It only I makes your brain stronger. Yeah, I also am not... Lexi, could you name six Mortal Kombat characters? 
Probably. Would I? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Okay, you, but you know what, folks? Play that game yourself. Write in and tell us what your team of six Mortal Kombat character Pokemon would be. Uh, hard mode, only one maximum of the multicolored ninjas. Oh, you okay, allow. I was going to say, because that's so easy if you have if you can just use all ninjas. But it's a lot harder if you can't. All right, fair enough. Yes, please do that. Give me your fucking Pokemon Mortal Kombat. I mean... Honestly, if I ever have to tie Mortal Kombat into Power Rangers, I just say multicolored ninjas and like it's close enough. We're basically there. <laughs> you know, how many so. how many, you know, Zach, I was joking, but how many Mortal Kombat characters are there? Are we getting close to 151? We probably uh, are. There's you could- definite Oh. So, fun There's fact, got- <laughs> when they were making the original Mortal Kombat, they actually designed over 190 Mortal Kombat characters, <laughs> but space constraints some. on the arcade cabinet prevented them from using a bunch of them. One was a fat electric tiger for some reason. It's really weird, but, you know. Hey, you that's go. a really rude thing to say about Raiden. I... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're moving on from yeah, this. Folks, folks, check out, what was it fucking called again? Uh... The, the YouTube channel we were talking about? Unseen 64? Unseen 64, just so you know what we're talking about. Go check uh, that out. No, uh, that, well, that, no that's not really it. Yeah, don't, don't worry about it. The, the point is, like, six people are going to get all the crossover of what we've just talked about. So let's move on to the actual episode. So hey, maybe, hold like, on, 12 hold on, people. hold on. Yes? What about my thing I was going to talk about? Tell me your thing. All right, so I promised several episodes ago that when we got to the end of Louis Kaboom, I'd tell y'all how Bomber the Great, his Sentai counterpart, oh, yes, good. died. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah, so, I'm excited. Spoiler. I was getting ready to remind you if you didn't. Yeah, so spoiler, uh, Louis, this is Louis Kaboom's last episode. Um, he's, uh, he's going out, and I'm not going to say how yet. You, you can listen to the episode to find out, but uh, I will tell you how his Sentai counterpart uh ended which i'm pretty sure was the episode counterpart to this one so uh <clears throat> the uh equivalent of prince what is it gasket the little one yeah. or the big one the big, the big one, one the guy who shows up this time that's prince um gasket yes, prince gasket yes yeah. sorry okay so uh shit where did so in this, so, is, I'll, yeah, I'll so, yeah, so, no, 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 I got it, I got it, sorry, I was just uh, organizing my stuff. Um, so in the Sentai, uh, Gasket is also just uh, Prince Bulldaunt. Like, yeah, he, he's, so, yeah, he's just grown up, so when, uh, just to recap. Wait, so he's just literally an older version of... The same character, yep. Gas, uh, Prince Sprocket. It's Prince okay. Sprocket and Prince Gasket are the same character in the Sentai. Yeah, so if you'll recall, uh, when Bomber the Great showed up, he challenged uh, Prince Boldont to a duel and won and banished him and uh, proclaimed himself the uh, Emperor. Um, That's how it works? Yeah, so as is typical for stories like this, uh, the, the young prince went off on a journey of his own and... Uh, you know, came of age and trained to reclaim his his stolen throne. Uh, and so he uh, fucking shows up and uh, takes control of Bomber by reprogramming him and sends him on a suicide mission to kill the O-Rangers. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, he fails. He's destroyed by, well, you'll see. 
Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah the, the footage from that is in this episode. Um, but that's at the end. Uh, shortly afterwards, he's rebuilt to destroy the sun. <laughs> okay, sure. Why not? Uh, but, he, but he fails and is flung towards the other side of space uh, where it says the wiki says he was destroyed, but I don't know how. Do you know who, uh, if what the equivalent of Archerina, his girl girlfriend, is in the Sentai by any chance? Uh, or is she just like a lady? It's not anybody specific. <laughs> I do not know. Okay, well, maybe we'll oh, come back to uh, it. Um, hold on, hold on. Okay, I pulled up. I pulled up his wiki entry, and f- under family, we've got you know Emperor ba- Bacchus Wrath, father. Empress Hysteria, uh-huh. mother. Princess Multiwa, cousin slash wife. Okay, well. So, royalty. You know, royalty's like that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some Game of Thrones shit up in this uh, I house mean, of gadgetry. But yeah, I no, mean, at least in Power is... Rangers, like, the, the Machine Empire is a real piss take on European aristocracy, and I would imagine that was the case in the original as well. I also don't understand, like... Father, mother is already confusing enough with robots. Cousin, explain to me, robot cousin. <laughs> what is robot cousin? Uh, How does that work? <laughs> probably more of a, um, I mean, like obviously biology isn't a thing, so there's no, you know, biological heritage. So it's probably more of a like a relation, relational thing. Sure. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Is one one benefit to uh, machine aristocracy versus human aristocracy? Uh, no, you know, side effects of inbreeding because they just build each other. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe it maybe it has to do with how um, what kind of parts are in them? Like if you're made of a certain type of parts, oh, you're royalty. Okay, so if you're like from the same manufacturer, you're yeah. a brother. Okay, got it. I see. Fair enough. All right, let's talk about this episode. Anyway, this that's me fiddling season- around in the wiki, so you don't have to. Thank you. This is season one, episode 40, The Joke's on Blue. And boy, I love it when the title is just, like, such a stretch, because Rocky is not the center of this episode at all. Like, not even a little. <laughs> he's, he's- here's, here's the thing. I don't think anyone is the center of this episode. No, but they had to do a rhyme... With a nor- like a known saying, so they just stuck blue in there, even so though the Blue say- Ranger is. You yeah. say had to. Well, okay. <laughs> that's the thing that's- is like we're we're gonna get to a point where a lot of the characters are just kind of barely in the episode, but they're all barely in the episode. They're just varying degrees of barely. This yeah, is a, this true. is a this is this is an episode that introduces a bunch of new characters and still has to make sure that every established still active character gets a scene. Remember how last episode we were like, man, uh Jason David Frank seems like he was busy during this one. Uh double on this episode. So, yeah, like we'll we'll, we'll I'm not sure it. he was around for this episode. <laughs> no, I don't think he was either. Uh so we open uh on the school and <clears throat> uh, Ki- uh, not Kim. She hasn't been around in a while. Uh, Tanya and uh, Adam are showing around uh, a new kid. You say who- kid? Well, you this know, man as much is as in his late twenties. <laughs> yeah, they all are though. Uh, and is I- it Roberts? Is the name of this guy? 
I didn't. Yeah, Robert. His name. Robert. Okay. It doesn't matter. We're never gonna see him again. Yeah. That's the thing. Um, we we don't know that. So it's gotten to the point where every time we're introduced to a new character in in the early seasons of Power Rangers, I would assume we never see them again. But now my reaction is okay. Are we ever going to see them again? And then if we do, which extant actor were they brought in to threaten? Uh, <laughs> that is a I good question. Help. I understand why you would think that, but we do not ever see Robert again, which is wild because he doesn't, he like barely matters in this episode. So why, why do any of this? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're, we're showing around our new friend, Robert, um, uh, Robert is like, boy, I, thanks for showing me around. This school is so much bigger than my old school. He's got a bit of a rural accent. Yeah, now is where I t- uh, take Luke's place and say that he's from one of the outlying, uh, like, destroyed villages in the post-apocalypse, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Moving on. Um, I like how so many of us have gotten to the point where, like, we're not going to fight that theory because it's a, it's an established one of our running jokes, but we're also not going to put much effort behind no, it anymore no, either. Not really. Um, what so, are we even going to do with ourselves when we get to the end of the Zornite era and the c- continuity stops? I mean, I'm going to quit. <laughs> just bounce. It's all downhill uh, from in space. The thing is, like, it's not. <laughs> If the continuity stopped, that would be one thing, but it doesn't. It just gets weirder. It just I mean, gets, the show like, gets more... more. The show gets more com- compartmentalized. Like outside of like crossovers and anniversary episodes. Like after I think season six is it? Like yeah. we just get a new team every season. True. Um. So uh, we then cut over to a bunch of plastic rubber uh, bugs or spiders specifically. That are are have dropped, I guess, off the ceiling in front of this girl who is another extra who screams and is like, "Oh God, this spiders!" and and that's it. Like she doesn't. She just then it. We get another turns over. We get another classic Rocky bit where you can't tell if he's making a lame joke or is just really really yeah. dumb. <laughs> he's just an idiot. He said, "I think someone forgot to pay the exterminator." Cause like the, yeah, because like the thing is, his delivery on lines like this are never—they never sound like jokey. Like he's intentionally making it sound like a joke, but they also don't no. sound dry enough to be a like, you know, a, an ironic sort of joke. You so really can't. Yeah, it really does kind of feel like he's just serious. Yeah, you really can't tell if he actually if he actually know, is thinking that for real. The um, thing is, like, as much as I love the way Rocky delivers every single one of his lines, he delivers them all exactly the same way. So it's yes. really hard to tell. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Cat uh, picks one up one of the spiders, and it says uh, "Angel Grove Novelty Shop" on it in giant text. Because the best way to fool somebody into thinking it's a real spider is to have a huge logo on it. Um, and she says, looks like someone's idea of a practical joke. Uh, this Actually, is where, yeah, hold on. This but, is this is a weird thing, because we're going to get to uh, Angel Grove Novelty Shop. This is a place that all of the prank gear it sells are, are its own store brand. Oh, like, yeah, that's every, true. Like, that like, shop it makes them. It's not like... Yeah. 
It doesn't yeah. get like canned snakes from like a toy manufacturer or wherever. Like this dude makes it all himself, which yeah. is really strange. Uh, well, so the the cat um, <clears throat> says, uh, or no, sorry, uh, Tanya says, I hope this doesn't give you the wrong impression of our school. And uh, Jason's like, yeah, we yeah, would hate for we would hate for this incident to to uh, color the rest of your time with us, Robert. Because yes. we know you're going to be around for so long. Uh, then Jason says, yeah, everyone's pretty friendly here. And stop the show, because Jason's shirt. Jason's shirt, it's so good. He's wearing <laughs> black and white, a black and white plaid flannel shirt with the arms not cut off, but like ripped off. And I had forgotten how awesome Jason's wardrobe was from the first season until this scene, because it had been pretty toned down. But God, yes, Jason please. looks like a sexy Larry the Cable guy. <laughs> oh, that was, description pains me. I was going to say he looks like a final fight, uh, like background character, but also that. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's a great shirt. Uh, he, and then Robert is like, well, thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. We then cut up to the moon uh, where Zed and Rita are still driving around in their truck or, or RV. Uh, Zed uh, has apparently been quiet for 2000 miles. Uh, and Rita's asking why. And he says, well, because uh, I'm trying to re- regain control of Louis Kaboom. Uh, but... Rito lost the remote, so I don't know what he's doing exactly if if they don't have the remote. Um, but then they basically say they, they're tired of Rito and Goldar. And by extension, Goldar, though, I don't think Goldar did anything. He just is now paired with Rito. So Goldar now, as him. always, has done nothing yeah. wrong and is still getting all the blame. Yeah. Um, so they basically are like, well, you lost the remote, so uh, we're just going to huck you out on the moon and you're going to find it. Good luck. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they stop the RV, toss Rito and Goldar out, and then just drive away. And they're dead. <laughs> I mean, like, the moon is basically just a giant desert. There's They're screwed. Um, but uh, instead, they get up and start looking around. Uh, and at some point... Uh, Rito finds a golf ball, and I guess that's a joke, a reference to the moon landing, question mark? That's, I, that was what I assumed. I don't know what else could be yeah, the point th- that Yeah, there, there was a famous thing where one of the early astronauts, like, hit a golf ball on the moon. Well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, we know the what it would be referencing, we just don't know if it's intentional. <laughs> it feels like it could just be, like, a look weird stuff, because it's Power Rangers, uh, but he puts it. He immediately puts it in his his empty eye socket, which is what I do with garbage I find laying around. Um, Zach, and, you have an empty eye socket. Yeah, I mean, we've never met in person, but I, you know, I have a uh, like two glass eyes, so oh, they work though. I can still see stuff. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the uh, then we get. We're just this, not going to explore that. Nope. <laughs> I so, mean, if you wanted to pry into it, you're welcome to. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I'm not going to pry into your eye socket. (laughs) Lexi, go ahead. I'm very confused by how the scene plays out because uh, Goldar tells him to fucking knock it off. And so he chucks the golf ball. And as it lands, there's like a a blast of 
energy. And then where the where the golf ball the golf ball kind of rolls off and where it is starts sparking. So it seems like there's something going on with this golf ball. But then the next scene we see is completely divorced from that. And I don't understand what this is supposed to be signifying. Uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a magic golf ball, but that's not really borne out. I think it's just like a separate thing that's also happening. It's like he just so happened to throw it the exact location of this teleport effect was happening. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't... It, it's very confusing. Um, so then we cut back to Angel Grove, uh, and Rocky uh, is like, hey, Tommy must be so excited to be visiting his brother and Mr. Trueheart on the reservation. Ugh. This is the last, uh, according to Ranger Wiki, this is the last time uh, Tommy's family will ever be mentioned. I so was so just close to, to never excuse. having to, uh, to confront it. Well, this I is missed every time. other fucking episode that dealt with this. <laughs> oh yeah, you I did. Was... Sorry, you, you you got you got one. You caught some shrapnel a little bit. I um, was so convinced the arrowhead was going to turn into like a weapon or something. Uh, yeah, I kind of thought it did too, but I guess not. Uh, so anyway, um, Rocky then tries to put some ketchup on his fries. Uh. Every other practical joke in this whole episode involves a prop from the Angel Grove novelty shop. In this case, they just went ahead and unscrewed the top of the the ketchup, which, like, I understand that most practical jokes are, are very lazy and, like, everything, but, like, that's among the lamest things you can do. In terms of practical jokes. There's a wide variety. A lot of these things have elaborate setups. Like, we're going to get to something that happens in somebody's locker soon. And something that happens to, like, a punching bag. This is just, like, a thing you do to your friend while his back is turned and you're out having dinner. Yeah, I mean, and I also- wouldn't because dinner is expensive and I'm not going to ruin it. Well, True. here's the thing. The thing that ruined, quote-unquote, Rocky's dinner is that his fries got covered in ketchup. He was putting ketchup on his fries. I'm not seeing the issue. He needs a fork now, but other than that, everything's fine. Uh, If I ate that much ketchup, I would throw up, and I fucking love ketchup. (laughs) I love ketchup, ketchup, but that's a lot of ketchup. I would would fucking go to town on that much ketchup. Second thing uh, is... This is apparently the third time this has happened to Rocky this week. Yeah. How, did you just run out of ideas? Like, I don't understand. No, I like to think that this actually wasn't one of the practical jokes they played, because this isn't <laughs> something you'd buy from a novelty shop. The other, so you think Ernie Ernie's just lazy and no, he's getting I caught think in the crossfire. Rocky, I think Rocky is squeezing the fucking ketchup bottle too hard. Oh, he doesn't know his own shit. Yeah, he's a, he's a fucking superhero now, and he's still, like, trying to squeeze out the ketchup like he's a little kid. Tanya uh, asks, uh, where's your sense of humor, Rocco? Which, uh, that's a nickname. Um, and... Oh, I, I didn't uh, realize Tanya was also Australian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, then, uh... For the sake of the next thing that has to happen, she attempts to put mustard on her food by pointing the bottle yeah. directly at herself. No, yeah, this one is entirely her fault. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course it is. There's no way for that to happen accidentally. 
No, she uh, points the bottle of mustard at herself, and it, like, sprays mustard all over no, her. No, no, it but, sprays like, very clearly water at her. <laughs> well, sure, yes. Uh, well, but you like, know, must, this, that mustard This water. shit comes out like a water gun. Like, it just, it just fucking psh, all over. Yeah. And, like, I'm trying to figure out the mechanics of how this prankster made this happen. Again, uh, again. I don't think this was the prankster. Yes. I think I, the rangers think are just failing right. to grapple with their inhuman strength. <laughs> exactly. Uh it's an it's like an extended Thor joke. Um but yeah, I think um then uh we so I had for Ranger Wiki says we've met this character before. I don't remember her. Um uh, is she the Berber babe? No, because that was an older lady. No, this lady's name is Miss Rodriguez, and um She's apparently involved in the administration of Angel Grove in some way. Angel Grove. We, we've seen her once before, exactly once. She was the one who suddenly changed Adam's class schedule, so he was in the music class. Okay, all right. See, fair way, and I can't believe that I remembered that just now. I didn't look that up or anything. That just happened, oh, and I'm the so show is sorry. poisoning me. <laughs> the way she um, walked out of this like back room and the sort of self-importance with which she talks made me wonder like, wait, is this like a, did she buy out the Jim and juice bar from Ernie? Is she like fucking, uh, what's her name from cheers? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like, is she, so she walks out from, from the, like the back room where they always go to morph. Uh, and she has gotten like, she got cream pied off screen, which is, it's also like on uh, top she got of her cream head. pied off screen is not a movie you should look <laughs> up if you're at work, folks. Damn it, Lexi. I mean an actual like cream pie, like a pie filled with cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But god damn it, I hate you. So anyway, uh it's on top of her head, which leads me to wonder like what actually happened. Oh, it I don't... It, it, it came down from the ceiling, clearly. Okay. Sure. Uh, she, it also, apparently, even this pie tin is from the Angel Grove novelty shop, which seems like you could, like, DIY that one. Maybe you don't have to pay extra for the, the <laughs> Yeah, you have to explain those exor- exorbitant, uh, prank <laughs> store yeah. prices for a pie tin. Yeah. Uh, and she's like, that's it, I've had enough of this. When Before Mr. Kaplan comes back from vacation, I'm gonna find out who's doing this, and... Then I had to look up who she was because I was like, wait, is she like the principal? Because, but no, she's just a teacher, I guess. Because she's angling um, for that vice principal job that's been open. Right. Uh, so, uh, Balk and Skull, who I honestly, I will say this. I think they want you to assume Balk and Skull are doing this, at least at first. And I did. If I was going to uh, say, if they were still at the school, I would have immediately assumed it was them but they're they're not an angel grove high anymore that's true yeah that's a good point um did they, they co- graduate like no, they went to a piano to class earlier cops yeah they're high school dropouts for sure right like they're most cops, cops. But, did, but didn't skull take like the piano like the classical music class while he was cop oh yeah i guess so maybe he was like still in one class i don't know it's a good question Maybe um, he's like that weird like, kid I'm who like, stops certain... going to school but still keeps showing up in shop class because he likes working on his car. 
<laughs> I I don't I I'm reasonably certain that the show wants us to assume that they're still going to this school. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Um but in any case, uh at this point the the Balkan Skull come over and they're like, Hey, you know, we could probably figure it out if you pay us, because we're detectives, quote unquote. Um and she says, Okay, fine, I'll hire you to figure out who's behind this. Uh, and then, at this point, the Power Rangers is weird. This is one of the weirder things, I think, that they just have happen and kind of expect you to not question. What's so weird about is- Ken Cosgrove and, like, an amalgam <laughs> of three of the kids in the hall showing like, up? It's Okay, so two guys walk out dressed in trench coats and they're apparently competing PIs in Angel Grove and their names are Humphrey and Bogart. I yelled shut up at the screen at this point. <laughs> you you don't get to do this, Power Rangers. It's so stupid. Like they're it's so dumb. The best my favorite part, the only thing that made this tolerable for me, Lexi, is that the those trench coats are like don't fit them. No, not so, at all. So my headcanon is these are not detectives. Oh, these I are mean, kids I, what, who just what do you like, mean headcanon? This episode <laughs> at no, this episode practically says clearly that they're not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Good point. This whole thing um, is a weird scheme. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. So they hand her a card and say uh, that says Ace Crime Solvers, which again, to your yeah, point, yeah, no, that's a kid. De- that's the that's the name of a kid detective agency. That's Tommy Pickles's fucking detective agency, is what it is. It's the detective agency a one year old comes up with. Fucking, um, they're fucking. God, I'm they're not the gonna... fucking organization Encyclopedia Brown turns down every every yeah. episode. The, the oh. thing that, that that's driving me crazy about these guys, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name specific names, but these guys look like two different flavors of disgraced YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, they totally do. Um, so yeah, they they're they're like yeah, our fra- you've tried the rest, now try the best, and then they give a couple bad uh, insults at at Balkan Skull. One of which is that these two couldn't find bread at a bakery. Uh, at which point Skull goes, hey, I know how to find bread at the bakery, which made me very, very happy. <laughs> Good for you, Skull. I, I like to think that, it just in my mind, this isn't, that that particular response isn't just Skull being stupid, it's that he has a very deep love of bakeries. Like, he has a very, he has a local bakery that's just very important in his life. Yeah, yeah no, yeah, that, that offended him on a deep level, clearly. Yeah, he's like, or, I see, I took it to be like, he didn't used to know how to find bread at a bakery, but he figured it yeah, out. Yeah, he's, he's very proud of this of fact, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Miss Rodriguez says, okay, fine, I don't give a shit. One of you figure it out, and I'll pay you, because that's fine. I don't care. Um, uh, so we then cut to the moon. Um, Goldar and... <laughs> I love that Goldar and... Listen, I get that the moon is not just flat. I understand it has cr- craters on it. I do think it's funny that they're hiding behind what's basically a moon bush. Like, it's just like a tiny little hill. That's 
that they hide behind. It's very convenient uh, prop shaped. Yes. <laughs> and um the uh uh they see Sprocket and um and Queen Machina talking to two new people who we've already mentioned on the episode. Uh, who Prince, are Prince Gasket and uh, Archerina. Prince Queen? Sprocket. Princess? Prince Sprocket says the very uh, ordinary and normal thing that you say when meeting with somebody. Oh, no, it's my big brother, Prince Gasket, and his wife, Archerina. <laughs> <laughs> to his mother and said <laughs> prince and his wife. That's true. You know, I went to the beach with my family this weekend, and the first thing I said was, "Ah, oh, good, my cousin Patrick and his sister Haley." Like that, I said that out loud to no one in particular. Because um, yeah, that's just what you do. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about what these characters look like. I guess. Uh, yeah, Archerina is a, a very horny design uh, that is <laughs> meant to evoke the Cupid. Hell yeah, basically. she is. Yeah, uh, and then Gasket, I guess, is supposed to be like a... I can't tell if they're trying to make him look like a ship's captain or like he's just uh, a, an old-timey naval figure, yeah, you so, know? He's just a fancy nobleman. So here's the thing. Prince, he's, he is, in the Sentai, Prince Sprocket grown up. Prince Sprocket has a little sailor boy uniform on. Like, you've noticed oh, that, right? He has a yeah. little sailor uniform. This is like a Navy captain. It makes perfect sense in the Sentai, I think. But yeah, for us, not so much. Well, I, I guess it would anyway. Yeah, They're no, brothers. I mean, like That's I said, fine. he looks like a goddamn fucking prince. He's got a goddamn velvet cape and an ascot and a fancy he, sword. I do love, by the way, that they're robots and like... like they're, I also love like that they're Sprock robots, Zach. Well, okay, that is good, but I meant, what I meant was, and like, you know, Sprocket has like a tie, but it's a little, it's like a little robot tie, it's like made of machinery, uh, uh, Gasket has a, an ascot that's just an ascot, like it is a piece of cloth, it's not part of him, he went out and got one, it's like- Well, see, now, now he's a big boy, so he gets to wear actual clothes. Right, yeah, of course. Um- so they they have returned because they heard through I guess the space grapevine that uh, Dad is quote unquote away read dead and that <laughs> uh, they're saying know, I mean they're problems. saying that for Sprocket's uh, sake right um, and then uh, Queen Machina explains like well. You know, uh, this guy, Louis Kaboom, took over the Empire by force, by which I mean he was like, I'm king now, and I just went, like, nerds! And <laughs> that was that, I, basically. She was kind of like, eh, okay, I guess if he can get the job done, let him. <laughs> so, um, so Gasket says he's gonna kill Louis Kaboom. Uh, he does have a big sword, also, we did not really mention that, but, yep, yeah, he's got one. Um, and, uh, uh... I'll be honest, well, I, I love him already, but, like, I love Archerina more. She's fucking great. Archerina has a cool design. When you said- well, She's got a cool was, design, but also, like, she's, she chews the scenery so much more than he does in this episode. Yes. When you said she had a horny design, by the way, I want to point out that, like, basically, the thing that I find funniest is that what creates her cleavage is that she has a 
sprocket in the center of her chest, like under the boobs. And that, like, by necessity, quote unquote, pushes, like, the rest of it. It's like an underwire bra, except it's a sprocket, basically. I mean, it would, basically, not, it would not need to be cleft, though. Like, that's just straight up robot boobs. And I'm here for it. Oh, yeah, it. it's just. It's just robot boobs. It's not just the boobs. It's kind of the whole design. She's very evocative of, like, the quote-unquote sexy robot that, like, Aerosmith has on a bunch of their CD covers for some reason. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I mean, do you need a reason, really, to have a sexy robot on your, your fucking rock? On your children's album? show? I would think so. Well, okay. I mean, yes. Fair enough. Uh, hey, so I was anyway, a kid once. It's just giving me what I want. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Goldar and Rita are like, ah, we should tell Zed and Rita. Um, and they run off to do that. I don't know how they're going to Yeah, they're so them. excited to, to tell the... So, so, I, so eventually, at the end of the episode, like, Rita and Goldar are going to catch up, you know, and it, it kind of, you know, because of course they do. But, like, I like the logic here of Zed and Rita are just like, fuck it, get out of the car. We're going to drive away and go as far as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come looking for us until you find something. Like, what was the plan? I think the plan was to abandon Goldar and Rito on the moon. But they just bothered to get them back. Why would you throw because, them away again so because soon? Because they were with them for a couple of weeks and realized, oh yeah, these guys suck. We hate them. Yeah, I mean, th that is... It, it's like... You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. They hadn't seen him for a while, and they were like, oh, I miss my brother. And then he was there, and they're like, fuck this. I hate it. It's the worst. <laughs> it's like um, how it's like how when you see family for Christmas, and it's like, okay, I haven't, haven't seen these guys for like a year. I miss them. And then you spend a couple days, and you're like, well, it was good to see my family. I'm ready to be the fuck away from them now for another year. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> So at this point, um, we we cut back to the command center, uh, and I guess they're working on the golden staff. Alpha and Billy staff. are doing some stupid bullshit. Uh, That's yeah, it. I mean, yes. the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, so the only reason I'm really mentioning it is because there's going to be a, a subplot later where. Jason's Gold Ranger energy is like running out. Oh, gee, what a makes, creative and original! I I know line. what a thing they've never done with a sixth Ranger before. But that said, that is kind of weird because what they say here is like, "There we go, we made it so the staff regenerates its energy." Here you go. All right, and then later they're like, "Let's oh the power." Let's put a <laughs> let's put a pin in this because I have uh I have a no prize for this one. Okay, fair enough. Um. So he says, "Great, thanks." Uh, they they cut over to the the alarm. An intergalactic warning is going off. Uh, Billy goes to check it out, and yep, they they are automatically know about Prince Gasket. Well, uh, I kind of. I they automatically I know always... there's something that needs to be investigated, but they don't know what without it's thermal imaging. Yeah, which raises questions about the robots and thermal imaging. But well, not really. I, to me, it just raises questions of what the hell happened to the viewing globe. That's oh, true. Yeah. Good point. You know that thing they to... have that can see anything anywhere at any time? <laughs> yeah, that's a good it point. Got, it got blowed up real good at the end of season three. Now they just have like this shitty viewing monitor. <laughs> so, like, so this... 
this is one of the big lingering questions we've had with this show for like the whole ass entire time. But like the, the command centers, like detection devices and, and security protocols and all that stuff and how it can simultaneously detect everything and nothing. It's, ah, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um, so, so as far this- as, as far as the thermal imaging goes, I mean, that makes sense. Electronics generate a fucking shit ton of heat. Like, are if, they electronic? Oh, that you know. What if they're like steam powered only? Uh, well, then they would still make a lot. Yeah, of heat. no, I can't. I, I would be shocked to find any sort of machinery that was uh, endothermic rather than exothermic. Like, fair enough. I do uh, want to so, point out though that um, Prince Gasket is uh, just sort of highlighted all over like he doesn't have a whole lot of hot spots it's just kind of an outline of him in thermal imaging but uh archerina you know the the word for female archer archerina yes um of she's course. just one big hot spot right at crotch level <laughs> well you know <laughs> uh yeah just that is I'm, good. I'm not gonna go further with that just let that one really sink in and and you know think about the implications of that my favorite part of this scene is that uh, we apparently l- we learn in this scene that Zordon is apparently one of those like weird people in America who's really obsessed with the British royal family, I guess, because Zordon knows like everything about the royal house of gadgetry, even shit that he shouldn't and doesn't need to um, because they're like, hey, Zordon, who's this? And instead of Zordon being like, uh, well, that's, you know, uh, the son of, uh, you know, King Mondo, which would be but like folks, plenty. Folks, real quick, just to really lay the scene, instead of, instead of this being described by Zach, imagine this coming from, like, the host of a British tabloid show or something. Because, like, we, it's just like, so, uh, in case, in case you haven't heard the drama, this guy was disowned by King Mondo because he fell in love with the daughter of, like, a rival conqueror, and they eloped, and both of the dads hate him. And by the way, King Mondo, despite theoretically conquering basically the entire universe, just has a rival emperor somewhere we never meet. Yeah, I did look this up. This this character who is mentioned is never, like, that's it. This, this look, never comes back. It's called world building, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, fair enough. But... He mentions um, that, yeah, so so he ran off and, and now he's back because his dad's gone uh, and that Gasket and Archerina together are very powerful and more powerful than Sprocket and Queen Machina and all that stuff. Because every um, new villain is more powerful than the ones we had before. And yet they weren't powerful enough to stand up to King Mondo, whom they have yeah. killed. Yeah. Um so we then cut to Balkan Skull in in school, uh, wearing trench coats all of a sudden, which I think maybe confirms they're not in school because it sort of seems like they're trying to disguise. Yeah, themselves. no, that's what I'm saying. Like they are clearly here in an official, quote unquote, quote official capacity. Yeah, they're not just at school. They're not going to classes. Um, so they're looking for clues. Well, there's also no classes at the moment because, like, the, the rangers are going to their lockers. Right. So Kat comes over uh, and opens her um, 
her locker, and the second most horrifying clown I've ever seen is in there. Oh, Zach, you should be nicer to yourself. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Lexi, I know you wanted to dunk on Zach, but let's be real. We all know what clown he's talking about. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know. Wait, which one? Pineapple? Yes, okay, good. That's what the reference I was attempting to make. Good, good. Okay, Uh, so there's a clown in there. What? How did this work? Yeah, so there's a clown in there, and when she opens it, it blows up a balloon that explodes, and then the balloon had a bunch of confetti in it, which shoots all over her. And I gotta give it to you, that's elaborate. Like, I don't know how you do this, honestly. <laughs> like, the God, it's so weird. I love, I love how Catherine's reaction to this paper mache or whatever the fuck clown head in her locker inflating a balloon is not to like duck out of the way or even move back it's to stand directly in front of it and just cover her ears like whoop here comes the pop yeah and uh she freaks out well not freaks out actually cat's reaction is more like god i'm so sick of this shit uh (laughs) and she's like another practical joke and uh Bulk uh, opens the the locker back up and finds a clue, uh, which is that it says Angel Angel Grove Novelty Shop. Now, I have another fun Ranger Wiki note here uh, because it's just fun to dunk on Ranger Wiki. One of the errors listed for this episode is that when Skull reads the tag of the clown balloon novelty prank item in Cat's locker, he says... uh, Angle Grove instead of Angel Grove, proving that whoever wrote this does not know what a joke is. <laughs> because <laughs> wow, because, like, because to be fair, it's so obviously a joke. Fair, they noted in the in the subtitles. Yeah, to be fair but, though, it's not a good joke. No, it's not. But it's kind of been established that Skull can't read. Like that is an ongoing bit that his character has. He sometimes so. just mangles words too. Like he just says them wrong or says the wrong word or can't remember common words. Like Skull is not good with language. No, he is not. Uh then uh uh he says, well that's that's not a clue because they're dumb. Uh and Robert goes, that's not the only thing that's clueless, because Robert get to get a good dunk in on Bulk and Skull, that classic beloved character, Robert. I mean, listen, uh, yeah, that's I'm, like, I'm that's so like glad initiation that... for Angel Grove High, is dunking, dunking being shitty to Bulk and Skull. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm real glad that they're starting Robert off strong. I'm, I, I know he's going to have a, a nice long run on the program. <laughs> yeah. Uh, really really got to yeah, endear him to the kids right yeah, away. Yeah, he's clearly, he's clearly going to be the cut-up of the group. Um, so at this point, uh, they walk away and then Skull does the, like, on the nose thing, which is weird, but okay. Um, I'm not clear on what he's trying to signal to Bulk. I'm not either. I don't think Bulk is either. We cut up to the moon and, uh, Archerina shows up, uh, to, to fight Louis Kaboom, I guess. Uh, or at least that's what we think is going to happen. Except then... Archerina uses her her power of shooting the uh uh the the bat Louis Kaboom with a love arrow that makes him fall in love, uh, and then he will do whatever she says. God, she's a horny she's a horny feminized robot, and she 
mind controls people. What a fantastic yeah. character. <laughs> yeah, Archerina has a lot of tags whenever there's a there's fan fiction about her that go with her. Um but he he says, "Oh, I'll do anything for you." This is also the second time I think that Louis Kaboom no, act, you know, basically Louis Kaboom's entire defining trait besides being a car salesman or whatever it was is that he like constantly gets controlled by other people. Like that's the thing that keeps happening to him. He was built by Zed and Rita to control. Then he lost con- they lost control and then Queen Machina was controlling him and blah 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 blah. Yeah, it's like a, it's so like anyway. a metaphor for how, you know, people who seek power only end up being controlled by those who already have it. Right. He's a he's a puppet emperor. Um so anyway, uh at this point we cut back to um uh the the Jim and Juice bar. Uh, Adam and Rocky walk up to Jason, who's like, let me show you, I've, I've been practicing my kick, let me show you it, and tell you, to, you tell me what you think, and then he Yeah, I'm it. the sixth ranger, that means I gotta do spin kicks, tell me how I'm doing. <laughs> and then he spin kicks the bag, which, I also don't understand how this works exactly. Some mousetrap shit happens, the, and some confetti falls on his head. The, the, the bag detaches from the hook that's hanging it to the ceiling, which then, like, I guess debalances the little bucket of confetti. That, also, confetti is not that big of a deal. I feel like it's being shown to be this awful thing, and it's like, it's some paper. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Um... But anyway, they're just like, you. I mean, let's confetti. face it, uh, Power Rangers doesn't have the budget for dumping slime on somebody. Well, sure, but you know. They could have visited uh, the uh, um, Nickelodeon studios for a day. Sure. They also could have just used, like, well, I guess then you would have the actual problem of being able to clean it up. Uh, you could have used glitter, but sure, that would actually suck. Um, we cut to Louis Kaboom, who is... Uh, just kind of smashing stuff in Angel Grove. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to mention Archerina told him to go murder the Power Rangers. That's That was her big play. Um, yeah, to just tell him to do a thing he was going to do anyway, but just be more reckless about it. Right. <laughs> so he's smashing stuff. And then uh, we cut to Tanya and Kat. Who over here? Actually, it's, it's worth noting that he's smashing stuff. Is now that he's he's giant for one, and but also now his right hand has been replaced by a sword, and his left hand has been replaced by a smaller bomb. True. Yes, he's got some weapons. Um, Cat and Tanya over here, uh, Humphrey and Bogart, uh, looking at their cool new shipment of stuff from Angel Gro- Grove's novelty shop. Uh, because. Because we, their whole plan... We literally right? get a heads poke out from behind a column shot. Yes. There's a lot of and, teen and, sleuthing happening in this episode. And also, speaking of uh, people talking in a way they never would, we get them just saying what their evil plan is out loud. Yeah, so apparently <laughs> these guys are like... Bulk and Skull's nemesis that they don't know about because... Their whole yeah, just, their whole plan for uh, doing these pranks is to incriminate Bulk and Skull with it, get them chased out of like out of Angel Grove, so that they can, I guess, be the Bulk and Skull of the show. 
Yeah, I think yes. I think what the the show is, I think what the writers are going for is they want to basically right now their plan is to just pin the pranks on somebody. So it looks like Bulk and Skull are bad detectives, and because they say Bulk, Meyer, and Skullovich will never get another job as detectives again, like they just want to make them look bad at detectives. But yeah, the way this dialogue and the acting plays out, it really does sound like these are people talking about their lifelong arch nemeses, which raises so many questions. Are these guys just a couple of nerds that Bulk and Skull like used to pick on back in like season two, and like they've they've just this is their elaborate plan that's been percolating for years and years? Like what the fuck? It it this is funny to me because like a lot of times in I feel like especially in like kids like adventure shows, you know, you'll have like Gizmo Duck will be upstaged by like a new superhero, but then it turns out that superhero was causing the problems to get all the glory, and it's that plot except the st- it's the stakes are just so low. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just so silly how little any of this matters, but you know, yeah, it's it's that someone high up in a school is mad that someone's going around doing pranks, right, at the school and also at the gym and juice bar, which is part of the has school, has always had the most vague affiliation with the school. Uh, but yeah, you know, so they're going to scheme to to solve this quote unquote crime and then get paid. So uh, Tanya and Cat overhear this. But then they get called in by Zordon, so they can't really do much about it, and they they teleport to the power chamber. This is is a rare case of uh, the communicators going off in a scene and the other people in the scene noticing. Oh, that's true, yeah. Because uh, they they are like, whoa, what's that noise? Uh, Normally, it can happen just right next to people, and nobody (laughs) ever notices. Um, Clearly, Humphrey and Bogart are actually, like... Somewhat on the ball with detective was, work. Was that if hesitation they, if, because you forgot the name or because you were mad you had to say it? Because I was mad I had to say it. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's the thing, is if they didn't get caught up in this, like, their lifelong blood feud with Bulk and Skull that they apparently have, like, they could actually, I guess, make a living as detectives. Because, like, if you're observant enough to notice the Power Rangers shit beeping, which evidently basically no one does, like, you're probably set. Uh, so at this point, uh, Zordon's like, yeah, Archerina's put Louis Kaboom over under a love spell and he's just smashing around and you guys gotta go fight him. Uh, then Tommy shows up and, uh, he's like, hi guys, I got here as soon as I could. Okay, great. Get out of here. <laughs> so they call the Super Zeo Zords. Uh, sorry, um, I've been distracted, but I just want to point out that this is clearly just a scene they shot at some other time and inserted in here, right? Oh, yeah. Like, like yes, like, last episode, I know you weren't here, but it was a very similar thing where, like, Tommy was in it, but it was pretty clear that, like, they'd ADR'd some lines, or I don't know what Jason David Frank was doing at this time, but he was not around for whatever reason. So, um, the reason I was distracted, um, I was, uh talking to my boyfriend about this episode and I mentioned uh, Archerina and they sent me a video of a clip from a much later season of Power Rangers that features a very feminine kind of sexy robot lady who shoots love arrows. Okay. 
Uh, she's called Venema. Yeah, that's from uh, uh, Dino Charge. Ah, uh, really? This is Super Ninja Steel. Wait, nope, you're right. I got it wrong. So there's like at least three of those then. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that's kind of a, a running theme, I guess. Any, anyway, I, I so, read ahead, and um, Ninja Steel is going to be an interesting one to cover. What? What? Why specifically? Oh, no reason. So, Lexi, uh, were you distracted because you were going down a, a fascinating rabbit hole of interesting information, like you were just going down a wiki hole, or was it because of all the horny robots? Um. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, that answers my question. They summon uh, the Super Zeozords, which are definitively unhorny robots i think we can say like they're not they're not horny robots they're big they're big squares mostly um they fight louis kaboom for a while uh louis kaboom on the other hand is a horny robot not in his design he's just actually horny right now he is well, completely yeah. just driven by I mean, like archerina commands me i must destroy the power rangers yeah exactly uh, they form the Super Zeo Megazord, uh, and then uh, they get blasted a little bit and and rocked for uh, by Louis Kaboom's bomb. No, listen, we arm. can't we can't just say blasted because his attacks are super dope. He shoots lightning out of his sword, and then his bomb hand turns out to be a Gatling gun. Yes, it's very cool. I like it. It's it's a cool weapon. Um, but yeah, they're getting their butt kicked. And they're like, funnily enough, they keep remarking about how strong the love spell is. Not like the, it's like, wow, that love spell. Like not, oh God, we're dying. (laughs) It's weird. Uh, Pyramidus shows up. Finally, for some reason, it took a while to get there. I don't really know why. Uh, He, uh, Pyramidus blasts, uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, Louis Kaboom. Then they call in the 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 Warrior Wheel slash Tackle Boy. Also, uh, uh, Tackle Boy. Jason called it the Defender Wheel. So yeah, he got it wrong. That it's, it's, it's very clear that this this whole thing is a mess. It's almost like they Which shouldn't. Especially have named... great because like in universe, there's no reason for Jason to make that mistake. Right. He wasn't around for the Defender yeah, Wheel. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's. It's almost like they maybe shouldn't have named those two things that way, but whatever. <laughs> uh, so then they initiate the Zeo Ultra Zord, which I double checked. Did this- we did, did we skip over a bunch of the scenes of just uh, Gasket and Archerina just kind of hanging out on a rooftop, soliloquizing yeah. about the fight? Yeah, they're, they're just kind of, it's sort of like when the Green Ranger used to hang around while the Dragon Zord was beating up on people. And, and like, talk when he was evil and he's like, ha ha, this is going well. That's basically what they're doing. Well, yeah, but the, th- the thing is, it's like, it's Gasket going like, you know, he, he gives the typical villain speech of like, yes, we will destroy the Power Rangers and then the Earth will be mine and then I'll show my father, like, how big and strong and cool I am. But it's also, for Archerina, she's just like, go on, Louie, come on, you can do it, sweetie. Come on, just kill those Power Rangers. I know you can. Do it for your Archerina. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he's like her trained um, puppy. <laughs> uh, so the warrior wheel comes out. They throw him at him. I'm sorry, what? 
Tackle boy. Oh, they okay. throw tackle boy. Tackle boy! <laughs> I am so pissed that we didn't get to see tackle boy actually running around as tackle boy. They go straight to the the throw in the wheel super move, and I hate it. Yeah. I, I I wanted to see I wanted to see tackle boy fight Louis. I wanted Kaboom. to see tackle boy as a boy who tackles. <laughs> yeah, my favorite thing. I love that. Like our enthusiasm for tackle boy has rubbed off on like people I know who don't even listen to this podcast. <laughs> like, like I feel like it's one of the few things. That's transcended into our, our like general online well, friend group that, of enjoyment. I mean, that makes sense because none of us gave a shit about Tackle Boy until we learned he was called Tackle Boy. It's all the name. It's a great fucking name. I'm to be honest. If anything actually gets me to get around to watching O Ranger, it's more Tackle Boy footage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so they make the super, uh, the Ultra Zord with the Super Zeo. Which is Megazord. a meaningless distinction because it's just a thing you insert into the pyramid S- robot. So that's what I was going to ask is, do you need anything to make the Ultra Zord or can you just so do it? My, like, my assumption, I think you just need some other shit to plug into Pyramid. Yeah, but my <laughs> assumption is the it's the plugging in that makes it work. So like the power of whatever you're plugging in is going to impact the power of Pyramidus, right? Okay, so, like, could you plug the original Megazord into Pyramidus, but it, like, maybe wouldn't shoot as good? Yeah, I mean, that's my Probably. that's my assumption, is assuming that the okay. power creep in this follows every other show I've ever seen, which it, you would think so, because they always introduce these new Zords being more powerful than any you've ever had before. Right. Like, at this point, the original Megazord would be, like, a little pea shooter. Uh, so- is this the first time we've finally gotten a uh, uh, Zeo, like cockpit shot of all six rangers uh i think so it's not very common um i will also say it's very weird because like a lot of this a lot of stuff like this like when the six ranger shows up they'll they'll kind of compromise a bit with the normal leader and the six ranger and like one of them will be kind of behind the other but whoever's in the back will be like physically up higher and stuff like that. And this one, they, they just have Tommy and Jason standing next to each other in the front, and then the other rangers are just kind of all awkwardly well, over to the side, I mean, and it's really that strange. That makes sense, because Tommy's nominally the leader now, but Jason has seniority, so like, True. How, else, how else would you settle that? Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but yes, I do like that they're just standing next to each other. It's kind of nice. Uh, here's another thing. Uh, Louis Kaboom's fucking dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, he's... <laughs> His suit is literally on fire. Like, when they filmed this, they lit the suit actor on fire and yes. had him do the death scene. Yeah. This is, this like, this isn't rotoscoped on or anything. No, like, it's, it's clearly they're just burning the suit. And that is, holy and shit, the, And yet, that wasn't his final demise in the Sentai. <laughs> Oh, right, because you said he got built again. They they immediately rebuild him to destroy the sun. (laughs) So he God, that's wild. Oh, Zach, um, I was was going to ask Eric to do this, but I guess you're editing this one. Uh, Can you go back and uh, grab all of Louis Kaboom's, like, stupidest things that he says and then play them over some sad music, please? (laughs) I will do my best. (laughs) Can we we call this episode the Louis Kaboom Memorial Podcast? Yes, we yes, yes. We can. Uh, now, here's another thing I want to point out. Um, this is the first time the Power Rangers actually kill a main bad guy. I'm pointing this out because... Is, 
big as, asterisk there. Does Louis Kaboom count as a me. main bad guy? Sure. A, a person who is at, at one point in charge of the enemy army. How about that? Uh, be, and I'm saying that because I've watched every season of Power Rangers, uh, like, at least once. I don't... I think that happens maybe five times. So I want to, I want to kind of keep a tally. So that's one. Um, I'm, I'm assuming so you're operating you under the assumption Mondo is not dead. Then, well, he okay. They did kill Mondo, but he's coming back to life. So I guess that's a question mark if that counts. Maybe I, that I counts feel like too. we should go by like. I mean, since the Power Rangers are superheroes, let's let's just get that out of the way. They're fucking superheroes. So we should probably go by the comic book system of even if the character comes back, the death still counts. Okay, so, so Mondo got, can die got, got two yes. asterisks next to their kill counts. Sure, sure. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so they they blow up uh, Kaboom, and then uh, they, there's kind so there's kind of then this like scene that basically says like here you go, Archerina and Gasket are the new main bad guys. Because it just keeps fucking changing. Uh, in this How many season. episodes of 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 Zero were left? Nine. Yeah, and and uh, Archerina and Gasket's episode counts on uh, Ranger Wiki say eight. So like, they're not going to be around for that long. <laughs> Wait, are they? Are they just going to bring Mondo back at the very last fucking second? I bet they're both around at the same time. I'm going to guess he shows up at the, like the, for like the finale of the show. Like, however many episodes, like, maybe the lead up to that, and there's a bit of a power struggle on the moon, and then they get kicked out, and that's when they exit the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I just noticed, by the way, that King, uh, that, uh, that Gasket has basically, like, light bulbs on his head, which is also on Sprocket's head, mm-hmm. so there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. continuity. Um... So he he's add like, that to the add that to the fucking laundry list of things in the show that make no sense until we find out what was right. going on in the Sentai. Uh, so Gask is like, "Well, Louis Kaboom's gone for good. Great work." And Archerina is like, "But he didn't kill the Power Rangers." And Gask is like, "That's fine. We'll do it. No big deal. We'll murder that guy." I just yeah. Realized- I mean, listen, we 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 needed to get rid of Louis Kaboom anyway. So you know what? Progress is progress. I just realized what uh, Gasket really reminds me of, which is a Mega Man villain. He like dark, like, oh. es- especially Mega Man bad guy. No, um, yeah, no, Zach's right. This guy super has Mega Man villain vibes. Um, and also, I am a dork, though. Lexi is also correct. Uh, so they're gonna murder uh, uh, the Power Rangers. Uh, what oh six Mega Man robot masters would you make into a Pokemon team? <laughs> uh, I, no, I, I would just pick six of the ones that are basically Fireman. And just put them all together, because I'm bad at Pokemon. Uh, so, anyway, we cut to, uh, again, the best shit in this whole show <laughs> yes. is just, like, you could e- so easily miss this. If you're, like, playing a game while you're watching this episode or something, it's so easy to miss this. Zed and Rita are sitting on a bench, eating fucking hot dogs and french fries... And watching cartoons while Finster grills. This has on a grill. This has 
white trash neighbors sitting outside watching TV in their underwear in the middle of the day on a Tuesday afternoon vibes. It is the best shot. Well, there's been a lot of good ones. It is it is in contention for one of the best shots in all of Power Rangers. The fact that Finster is the fucking grill master. Like, I want... God, I, we haven't got any fan art in a while. If somebody wants to draw me Finster in, like, a Kiss the Cook uh, fucking apron... <laughs> Please give me that. I would love oh, that. Oh God! If nothing else, this shot—that's the—that's the one we got to put up for the episode. It's, oh yes, it's fucking beautiful. Send the shit to that one perfect shot fucking Twitter account. Zed's it's got a his thing of beauty put up on a on a goddamn cushion, and like he's just mis- by all rights, he should have a goddamn Miller Light in his hand. Zed is man spreading, is what he's doing. He's just like he's got a big fucking red cooler. Like he should, he should have a. If he had a beer gut, which obviously he doesn't, because chiseled abs, uh, he would have a beer perched on it, basically. And it's impossible Uh, to tell what they're watching because this is shot in like. 100 pixels. Oh, I I can tell. It's uh, it's that same uh super racist genie anime that came up in the show oh, before yeah, like a couple seasons sense. back it's probably the only thing like they have a license to just show they don't have to pay anyone yeah i i'm willing to bet that saban got it in like a deal when he got the rights to a bunch of yeah uh properties from japan probably about the same time he got like pizza cats and stuff like that it's just like well i have the rights to this but like this is super fucking overtly racist. I can't show this to anybody. Do you think Saban cares about that? Well, okay, someone told him he couldn't okay. do it. Um, so we cut to, uh, uh, oh, sorry. No, we don't cut. Uh, uh, Rito and Goldar run in and they're like, guys, guys, we're back. And also we found something out. I, we have great news for, or we have big news. And Rita and Zed, Rita's like, yeah, Gasket and Archerina are back, and they're like, ah, nerds. <laughs> um, well, they're like, well, so what was the news you had? And Rita's like, we found a golf ball. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, Zed does say, now, good news, they went ahead and killed Louis Kaboom, uh, which they didn't want Louis Kaboom dead. They wanted to use him to take out the imp- whatever. It's fine. But yeah, yeah, I thought they wanted to get control back of Louis Kaboom. I guess they were like... Well, that wasn't what we were going for, but Louis Kaboom being dead is still basically that problem solved, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I guess they're just fucking cutting their yeah, losses. Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. that's classic that's classic Zed, right? Like, being met with failure and being like, well, I'm going to redefine my problem. Yeah, Zed is basically a Republican politician where he's like, well, actually, my goal was this the whole time, so I did great. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh well, I could have just said politician, huh? Anyway, we cut to the Jim and Juice bar. Um, Miss Rodriguez has sits on a whoopee cushion, and then she sees Balk and Skull, and are like, "Why haven't you solved this case? It's the worst." Uh, Wait, I I do I do want to make note of the fact that I, I don't know if it's because of like kids show standards or what, but like. The subtitles for the whoopee cushion going down doesn't say fart noise. It says air loudly expelled, <laughs> which is endlessly hilarious to me. Is that the annoyed grunt of uh, 
of fart, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Uh. So so she she's like, hey, wh- who's doing this? You haven't figured it out yet. And then Humphrey and Bogart come in, uh, and I, I figured they were going to try to blame it on Bulk and Skull, because that's what would make narrative that's sense. That's what they literally said they were going to do in the last scene we saw with them. Yeah. Right. And then Can I just I, say, before we, we reveal what's actually happening, I fucking love the strut that Bulk and Skull do as they walk into the room before Miss Rodriguez asks them what's going on. It only, we only get to see it for, like, maybe a, a second, but, like, just this fucking swagger that they have as they walk into the gym and juice bar is great. Yeah. Um, so, so no, instead of blaming it on Balkan Skull, they blame it on Robert, because I guess they had to justify his existence in the episode. <laughs> his reaction mirrors our own of just, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. like, um, n- no. <laughs> the logic they like, try to use is his, like, well, he got here, and then the prank started happening. Ex- so. Yeah, we haven't seen you guys before either, you dipshits. Seriously, though, like his actor's reaction is like, this wasn't what the script said, and he's baffled. Yeah, it's, it's, he he's like, um, n- no. And then, uh, at that point, um, Tanya and Kat come in, and, uh, they're like, hey, uh, Humphrey and Bogart, you guys have got a shipment. Well, no, what they say is, hey, there they are, right over there, and it sounds like they're about to accuse him, but then this other guy walks in from off screen, he's like, hey, thanks. Uh. It's this weird bit of, like, audience misdirect for no reason. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. So, in any case, um, the they 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 bring in Steven Spielberg. The, so, r- yes. So, first of all, this guy he does have some Steven Spielberg facial hair, but he uh, uh, this Hank, is apparently the owner. Use his name, Hank. Hank. It's right there Thank on you. his shirt. Uh, apparently, I fucking a- love this guy's whole getup. He's yes. got an old timey like children's beanie. He's got like the the flip up sunglass lenses over his regular glasses that are lenses down when he enters this you know interior building, and he only flips them yeah, well, up for uh, for effect when they say they don't know him. Right, uh, his shirt just has an emblem of a clown on it because, and like he's got these bright orange shorts and like red socks pulled up to his knees. It's a fucking look, and I love it. Yeah, it's great. I really, really like it. So he he says, uh, hey guys, I've got your shipment. And they're like, we've never seen you before. Who are you? Uh, And they're like, y'all are my best customers. What are you talking about? I got all these spiders. I love the way he like lists what's in this box because it's just like got your spiders got your uh your lizards got your fake snakes it's a very it's, just... it's a very kid show thing because all those things are very clearly visible in the uh box but they want to drive home to the viewers the point of hey these are all things that are related to the the pranks that were happening before just to yes, make sure it's... absolute certain that you put one and zero together do yep. you think that when he does commercials for his novelty shop on local access Angel Grove Television, 
uh, Hank introduces himself as Prankin' Hank. Prankin' Hank in, yeah. Also, I just noticed that you're right, Lexi, that his shirt says Hank, but it's not a name tag. He got the shit printed with his name on it, which is awesome. I mean, <laughs> I've had great. I've had jobs where I've had that. I, I I had a bowling shirt with my name on it once, but that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, he they Balkan Skull then are like Jacques, you did it. Well, no, no, uh, no. Bulky is like Jacques. <laughs> Skull is like, yeah, I'll buy some of that rubber vomit. Uh, yes. <laughs> Skull cannot and, and put one and zero together. Bulk no, tries to like, lead him to it, and he's just Yes. Nope. Yeah, Bulk is like, listen, they ordered all that stuff and it got used in the pranks, and Skull is like, Oh, I get it. No no. I don't, I don't, get, I don't, it, I don't yeah. get it. Yeah. <laughs> um so Bulk then is like, yep, I got your jokesters right here. Miss Rodriguez says your check is in the mail, which is a phrase I have not heard in quite some time. Um. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. That, I've always been under the impression that it's a phrase that literally just means, yeah, you're not getting your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. It, it's a, no, it's a, yeah, that's typically how it's employed is, oh, yeah, your check, oh, your, really? yeah, okay. your check's in the mail. It's dismissive. It's. The implication being, okay. yeah, it'll get lost in the mail or something, probably. You'll see it eventually. I'm not going to give it to you now. And then you never, you wait and it never shows up. Uh, Skull then goes over to one of the cans of peanuts. Uh, and this is actually a pretty good gag because he's like, oh boy, peanuts. And every single person in the entire <laughs> gym and juice bar is like, no, don't do it. He opens it. It does the like, you know, a bunch of like uh, spring snake thingies come out of it, and everybody, everybody like does the the pat like end of episode laugh, but then Skull like screams bloody murder like after that, which is <laughs> really funny. What I love, what I love is is everybody tries to stop him. It's the shot of him going like, no, 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 wait, no, 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 like it. It's like Skull's about to set off a bomb yeah, well, or something. Well, everyone the way turns and ducks, too. Like, they're going to get hit by shrapnel. It's it's fucking <laughs> foam or, like, paper. Like, it's not dangerous. Yeah, it's very funny. Um, have any of y'all ever been around one of those? Like, a peanut riddle or peanut can with the fake snakes in them? I mean, I've, I've been never, to I don't think I've ever seen one in real life. that sell them but i haven't ever fucking opened one i've never even seen one that's why i was curious uh but i assume oh, yeah. they're real. i mean yeah you I go mean... to any fucking souvenir shop you can find them okay I, I guess actually now that i mention it i don't think i've ever seen a whoopee cushion either like i don't know for some have reason, you never, never have you I, never I, been anywhere that you can trade in tickets for prizes uh, I've seen whoopee cushions, but I've never seen anyone fooled with it. Sure. But, you know, like, I've only ever seen them get, like, set off on purpose. Uh, before we totally move on from the episode, I do want to point out there's a bit in the outtakes where Catherine offers uh, Adam and uh, Jason a chip, and they both simultaneously correct her to French fry. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. A little bit of that Australian humor. It's mm-hmm. it's actually kind of weird that we've gone so long without the show even like noting her being from Australia. Like, just nothing comes of it ever. 
No, not really. You'd think that they would use that. Gee, a character's backstory only mattering in like the two episodes that deal with their backstory and then them just being a blank slate? Sure. On Power Rangers? I mean, mean, fair. Later they get slightly better at it, by which I mean they they give everyone exactly one character trait and then hit it over and over again. But, you know. Um, So yeah, that's the episode. It's okay. It's the... I gotta say, it's very, the end of, the second half of Zio has been very strange, because it's like, it feels very unfocused, I guess, which it's Power Rangers, so that's a wild thing to say, it's, but like, Yeah, no, it's not that, it. it's unfocused in the sense that a lot of times it feels like they just kind of wrote whatever and then shoved some Power Rangers in there somewhere. Like, this episode's yeah. the most egregious that I've seen in a while, where the... There's absolutely no attempts to tie in the monster activity with what's going on in the Rangers' lives, and they literally just interrupt what's going on to go immediately to a Megazord fight, and then once that Megazord fight's over, they go back to what they were doing. Yeah, usually they at least make some effort to have them be loosely thematically linked in some way, so it seems like they actually wrote the episode instead of cobbling it together, but that's not the case here. or at the very least have some sort of a, you know, a floor to the formula of, oh, hey, some cogs attacked. Well, we have to go deal with that. Okay, now we'll go back to the plot. Oh, hey, now the next part of the monster. Like, there's not even cutting back and forth. It's just, it's literally like this was, this was just inserted in. Like, it it feels 100% not a part of the same show. Yeah, it's it's weird. I And I get that, like, I get the sense that based on what we've read about like, yeah, it's like future sprocket and there's this like coup and all this shit. It seems like they didn't want to deal with any of that, which means that everything feels a lot more random. Cause it's not like they just kind of have to work that into what they're doing. Um, so it's weird. It, it's fun. I mean, I will say though that the episodes have been like that, closer to that old style just like fucking weird power rangers which is nice so i do like that but yeah it's just been a little disjointed um not necessarily bad though i think i think part of it suffers a bit uh, you know suffers but like from what i like in power rangers of the villains being pretty much completely disconnected from the rangers other than the rain like the rangers being the obstacle for their goals because the the best parts about uh, the Zed and Rita stuff was that, at, you know, once they started getting into it, like, they became so obsessed with just the Rangers' lives where they were spying on the Rangers and intentionally trying to mess with the Rangers. And yeah, that's, that's true. That's how that's how the stuff start, ended up feeling integrated was like a lot of times they were directly interfering with whatever the Rangers were doing or tying the shit into what the Rangers were doing. Yeah, I I get the feeling that Zed and Rita had like knew the Rangers as people pretty well, like out of necessity. I don't think the imp cogs like the the Machine Empire, like they don't. They don't do it the same way. They don't seem to be like, well, after practice, I'll do this. They're just like, I don't know, send a guy. So, like, send a bad guy. So, yeah, it's interesting. I, it does at least, like, kind of accidentally lend credit to the idea that, like, these are different villains with a different modus operandi, and they That's are true. completely unaffiliated with the old villains. But, 
like that's that doesn't seem intentional. It just seems like, well, we've started using the Sentai footage more, so just fucking do whatever now. Uh, so at this point, uh, we will do so, uh, a question from the the audience. If you have a question, <laughs> send it to us. Great at, segue, Zach. I'm, I'm on pain pills, <laughs> and I feel like I was holding it together pretty well, but it's kind of spinning out of control. I uh, mean, you were. Like, I genuinely couldn't tell anything was different. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I don't know if that speaks to how well you're holding it together now or how poorly or you hold how it together bad normally. It is now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you have a, a question, send it to us at Teens with Tude on Twitter. Uh, Teenagers with Attitude is our Facebook group or Teens with Tude at gmail.com. Uh, we have a question from Ton from Gmail. Uh, how would Power Rangers be different if instead of taking place in Angel Grove, it was in your hometown? Uh, so I'm going to let y'all think of something while I give mine because I, I've had mine for a little bit. Uh, so if it was set in Charleston, which is where I live, uh, you would basically, instead of a gym and juice bar, you would just go to a place where the only option for food is shrimp and grits and everyone would be eating shrimp and grits all the time. And, uh, most of the evil villains plans would be shrimp based. Probably. I feel like it's just, it's kind of a one note. (laughs) There's just really the one thing. So, uh, Oh, was that? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Were you? No, you can go. Okay. I got. I'm. It's just a lot of shrimp. Is basically what I'm saying. So, see, you're you're saying you have a one note town, but I come from a no note town. <laughs> sure. Um, I mean that's not that's not strictly true. We've got local shit, but like I come from a town of like a thousand people. Like the yeah. monster fights would be exclusively in cornfields. Or, you know, soybean <laughs> fields or, you know, for some variety. Or if it did happen in the town once, that would be the last one. The entire, <laughs> the like, entire okay. town fits in a single square mile. Like, the Megazords yeah. take three steps and the entire town is demolished. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the identity of the Rangers would be pretty much impossible to conceal because, like, there were, like, maybe a hundred people in my high school. Like it wouldn't be hard yeah. to figure out who the the superheroes in town were. Yeah, everybody would know every everybody knows everybody, so it's harder to. Yeah, I gotcha. And like, uh, there's absolutely jack shit to do. So like, there wasn't yeah. like the local hangout was in front of a gas station. <laughs> Jeez. So it would be Ernie's gas station. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Ernie Ernie's Ampride Co-op. Yeah. <laughs> uh God. Mike. Uh so I have the opposite problem of I live in a major city, so it's hard to narrow it down. Um but if I if if I had to, I think I think it would mostly mean that each episode of Power Rangers would feature uh thin crust pizza, some drunken cardinal fans, and police brutality. Okay, well, fair yeah. enough. <laughs> just letting that one sit. I mean, we asked yeah, for it. Yeah, just letting that hang. That's fine. Oh, I guess there is one more thing, which is that um, uh, downtown Charleston floods constantly, like every single time it rains. Uh, so, I don't know, a lot more like weather-based villains, maybe? Constantly. Oh, oh, God, yeah, the, the, the fucking flooding we got this year, sweet Christ. Yeah. 
I, it, it was yeah. bad this year, so you know, every uh, every single time it rains, it's like, well, can't go downtown for a day or two. Oh, there's there's another thing that mine would have people constantly talking about how humid it is because we live by the water. <laughs> sure, just just like that's how every cold open starts is people talking about how humid it is. Fuck, it's so humid out. Ultimately, the <laughs> ultimately the villains won't be defeated by a battle. They'll just be sick of the humidity and leave. All the pu- you the machine would, empire would rust on the putty suits. You would see like armpit stains on the putty suits, and you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. They're made of clay. <laughs> Uh, so there you go. Um, just a couple things. I I don't know. Like Charleston's really mostly known for like food and plantations, and I didn't really want to be like, well, slavery based supervillains because that's sad. But I don't know. That's the thing is 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 like if you live if you live in. If you've been in a notable area, like a lot of the reasons it's notable are terrible. I mean, probably. yeah, this is America. <laughs> Literally, all of our heritage is built on the back of the, you know, exploitation and extermination of native peoples. Yeah, we did. Gr- we did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, there you go. Basically, um, what we're getting at is that we should not get to write children's programming. No, we we our outlook is no, we much absolutely too should. Somebody needs to start deprogramming <laughs> well, these fucking kids. That's a fair point. That's also a fair point. Remember, kids, it's time to sing your ACABs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this episode's had a weird energy. Uh, also, uh, Ton asks, uh, I know the teenies and tooties are months away, but will ARCs be eligible for best or worst multi-parter? We haven't talked about this, but we're kind of going to have to if we do those categories. Yeah, so. but I don't think we'll have enough multi-parters for a category otherwise. So probably. I mean... I mean- the- if if that also said, there's only three of us on this episode, but uh, unless something really wild happens, I guess worst multi-parter is going to be the Arrowhead stuff. Like, well, here's the thing: we we could also, and again, this is kind of getting into the into the nitty gritty, like kind of inside baseball stuff. But like, we might also just not do the that multi-parter category this year. Sure. Because, like, we definitely want to recognize how bad the Arrowhead saga is, but that could just go to the I'm, 2Ds. You well, know? and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest here. Like, I feel like the fun of the Teenies and 2Ds is in laughing at Weird the... Categories. Yeah, laughing yeah. at the missteps of the show in a, like, yeah. eh, this was just badly done. I feel like the when there comes to shit that's, like, horribly racist, that kind of needs to just yeah. be, like... We're not even considering this for the awards because it's shit. Like we're taking a moment aside to say this fucking sucks. A special award for this is yeah. actually not bad. even an now award. Just that hey, f- hey, yeah, we need yeah, to be clear in, here. In, this in is mind, not up for the, consideration uh, because it's racist. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, in, in my mind, in my mind, covering the, the legitimately just awful parts of the show, like not not as television, but just like just like morally, in my mind, that's like kind of the point of the doing a bad job award. And then I think like the other awards just, should just kind of be for more I just, fun stuff. I just don't like the idea of including, you know, shit yeah. like racism in a competitive award where we're naming a best or a worst thing because yeah. that gets into the degrees of moral wrongness discussion. That's just yeah, fraught. that's fair. Like, like it just needs okay. to be a thing where hey, we're mentioning this fucking sucks. It's not a it's not a ranked thing. It's not a fun fun awards thing. It's just hey, these are things that legitimately suck and shouldn't have happened. So, uh, so there you go. I the question the the answer is like 
those we're not even sure exactly how we're going to do it. Um, but if we do, then yeah, it'll probably be up for that. Yeah, the thing the thing with the teenies and twoties is we kind of s- throw that stuff together like as we start to get close to it. Well, also the fun and, of and it actually, is, I, is like it, inventing categories to highlight different yeah. things. As- that's actually that's actually part of it. I was gonna say one of the actual fun things uh, about doing the teens and twoties is changing the categories to fit the year we just did. Like, because again, like, I, and it's the example I always point to, but like. Our first year, we had best imagined Goldar costume, and there was <laughs> yeah. no way we were going to repeat that award. But it was a very important thing to bring up to commemorate our first year. I have a painting of one of them in my house. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. So, I forget about that. Yeah, you did that. You did that to me. Well, <laughs> I brought it about. Let's be clear. I didn't make the painting. <laughs> True. It's still pretty good. <laughs> it's still very good. I had it framed recently. <laughs> So yeah, um, so we'll we'll talk about that more as we get to it. But uh, there you go. That's our our question for this week. We'll we'll keep doing a couple, one or two uh, every I, episode. I will say though, as as far as we get, uh, as far as people writing in and things like that, like one of the categories for the twoties last year was a listener suggestion. So like, yeah, if you got, don't those. be afraid to send us ideas. I think I think it was actually Ton who suggested it. The person who wrote in. Yeah, uh, today. Um, so, so, if you're gonna send me a category suggestion, specifically, do do it at uh, teenswithtude at gmail dot com. Just because Twitter and Facebook messages are harder to find. Oh later. yeah, no, that, so they that they there. actively try to prevent you from finding shit once it happens. Those yeah, are so terrible. That shit is ephemeral. So, uh, so anyway, that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, you know, there's only three of us. It's kind of a short one. That's okay. That's okay. Oh, uh, one one more thing we should probably do. Thank you again uh, to Fabby for hosting the special thing we did for episode 200 last week. Yes, thank you very much. It was very, very cool of you guys to do that. Uh, I really appreciate it. I haven't gotten to listen to and it yet, to, I'm excited. I think, uh, is, is it Riley Hopkins? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm yes. Gonna look this, yeah. yes. Yes, who who made the game that we played, uh, at RevRibeRed on Twitter. Definitely check that shit out. Yep. Uh, so, with that... Uh, Mike, anything else you want to plug? Uh, let's see. There's there's my Twitter at Mike Loves Rabbit, uh, and I would, uh, as I tend to do, want to plug the uh, Audio Entropy Twitter at Audio Entropy, and the pinned tweet there has a link to our Discord. Uh, that's another fun way to talk to us again because like the messages in there tend to just disappear pretty rapidly. It's not a good way to send us like listener questions, but it's a fun way to interact with you know fans and members of the of the podcast crew. Here and for the rest of the shows on the network. Um, on the on the subject of the audio entropy as a network, um, it's gonna be a little, it's gonna be a little after the fact by the time this actually airs. But uh, I just want to give a shout out to a new show that we just uh, just put out called Gotcha Journalism, where uh, a yeah. friend of the show and uh, previous guest Dustin, who you might know from the Baca Cast. Uh, and his friend Sierra do a podcast about uh, gotcha uh, mobile games, you know, like Grand Blue yeah. and uh, Fire Emblem Heroes, that kind of shit. Yeah, you should check that out. It's fun. Uh, and Lexi, is there anything else you wanted to plug? Uh, you should check out shit about old Pokemon games, like from the development of Pokemon Red and Green, because that shit's cool. There you go. Uh, for me, um, we are getting ready to try and record our third episode of the surviving culinarian. 
Uh, so if you have any questions or topic suggestions, please send them to The Surviving Culinarian, uh, the group on Facebook, or S Culinarian on Twitter. Uh, that's been fun to do. It's been a little tough because Geneva moved into a house uh, that probably promptly lost both its oven and refrigerator, so like... Cooking food has been an issue. Zach, you've cursed her through podcasts. I know I did it. It's my fault. (laughs) But uh, we're going to keep making those at, at, you know, some kind of clip. It's been slow, but that's okay. Uh, Thanks for people listening. Hey, listen, you don't you don't need a schedule. Like, I know the the only thing that keeps this podcast running is, again, the fact that like nine people work on it. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, So anyway, that's going to do it for us this week. Tune in next week. Uh, and we're going to have another fun episode for you for Teenagers with Attitude. I've been Zach. I've been Mike. And I'm Lexi. And may the power protect you always. Rest in peace, Mr. Kaboom. I'm going to get Luke to give me like a eulogy in that voice. (laughs) God, please do.